Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire-Johnson. Hey, Kenya, we are back. We are back, Dr. William Smith. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing really good. Oh, really good. See? See that? <laughs> See that? It's, I told I you the it. curve is, is going up. It's going up. It's going up. Yeah. No, I'm all smiles, too. This is a this is a good day in June. So, yeah. Yes, no, we're is. good. We're good. Yep. Just had a wonderful uh, gig uh, Monday night. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I saw. I saw the pictures on social media at Blues Alley, one Blues of my favorite Alley. spaces in D.C. Very cool. Yep. Yeah, playing with uh, this is a, a guy Robert Wanda and yeah. uh, Cinder Williams was was featured on the gig. So Cinder's a really good yeah. friend. And, so yeah. yeah, we were hanging out this weekend. So yeah, we got to get Cinder on the podcast because I I think does she live between Chicago and L A or something? I think she yeah, has some roots I here. Was talking to her, I wanted to hook you up with her in Chicago. Yeah. So we'll, yeah. we'll definitely do that. Yeah. All right. Definitely. Awesome. But we haven't cool. even we we got an awesome guest today, a really awesome guest today. But before we get there, I will let you do what you do so magically. The music <laughs> tip of the day. Right. Yeah. Um, well, uh, this tip actually uh, just found out about it today. I think somebody might have told me about them a while ago. But uh, Song Trader and it's uh, Trader is not with an E R. It's just with an R. SongTrader.com. Um, they are a, a site that finds music licensing opportunities for you. And I was actually reading a couple reviews about them in forums and a lot of people really like them over the other ones. I think that I probably have recommended and the ones I've recommended to my students. So, um, yeah, I would check them out songtrader.com and I'm, I'm actually going to check them out too. One, one glowing review I read. So it kind of hyped mm. me up to actually, uh, to actually sign up and, and see what, what they can do. So um, that's, that's the tip. Very nice. Yeah, I, I have heard of songtrader.com. I think I've even, I must have signed up for something because I occasionally get some of their promotional stuff emailed right. to me. So I just haven't dug into it. So I will have to go back and dig in and dig in. Yes, yes. So. All right. All right. So yet again, we have a really, really fantastic guest. And I, I am really, it's so funny. Um, you know, when we bring these different, um, artists and music business people in, a lot of them I met through, um, very interesting online ways and so forth. And <laughs> this, I don't know if this particular guest knows this, but I've been a huge fan of his for a long time. And so, when we connected online, I was just so honored um, to connect with him, just even just to like a hello. And then as we start talking, oh, my God, we got to work together. So I just I'm right. blown away and I'm always just in awe of the universe and how um, they bring people together. So our guest is Mr. Mark DeClive Lowe. How are you, Mark? How hey. are you? Hey, hello. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I am great. I am great. And I'm I'm so glad that you had a moment in your crazy schedule because 
I mean, if your life is anything like it looks on Facebook and Instagram, <laughs> you know we... what? It's it's it, it's like that, but it has bad parts too. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's like it's like so like oh my gosh that I'm just so thankful that we could get squeezed in in the moment. No, and of I course. think you're actually you're in the United States, which is also weird. I, I am. I'm in, I'm in LA, unusually at home. Right. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So what the way we usually we like things to be really laid back because we want our audience to really get to know who you are. And, you know, on top of that, we'll dig a little bit more into the music business side. But um, if you could just explain who you are, what you do, what, what you do as an artist and how you got there. Just a little background. For sure. Um, I am. I'm originally from New Zealand. I'm half Japanese, half New Zealand. So I grew up in between those two countries pretty much. And um, I was raised by a very strict father who believed all his children should learn musical instruments. Um, mm. So from age four, I was on the piano. And mm. it, was inter- it was interesting because I didn't have a choice about it. You know, oftentimes I think people choose their instrument, like they go to a gig and they'll see the bass player and hear the bass and be like, I want to be a bass player. Mm -hmm. But I never had that that opportunity. Um, So early years I spent playing classical piano and then I I really fell in love with jazz. And I think largely it was the improvisational quality of it. So I go to my dad's record collection and my big brother played piano too and Mm. be very influenced by both of them. Um, but then, you know, over the years, you know, you hear different music and things change. And I remember before school one day, I was like maybe 14 or 15 and my friend Joe came over to me with his, with his Walkman, with his cassette Walkman and put his... <laughs> A Walkman? What is right? that? <laughs> and he, he put his, put his earphones on me and pressed play and it was the first Guy album. Oh and that gosh. absolutely changed my world. It turned, it, it just, I was like, what is this music Um, right and so through high school that kind of led me into you know obviously through new jack swing but also native tongues hip-hop this is like 1990 91 Mm -hmm. really that golden age um Mm -hmm. and that became my recreational music and my my way to rebel against my father i guess (laughs) you know he'd he'd come home and i wouldn't hear him coming home because i'd have you know public enemy blasting so loud oh my god (laughs) so that was really frightening It's like right. that—that's not George Gershwin, <laughs> yeah, right? right. Um, so I kind of through high school, I, I ended up kind of messing around with keyboards and drum machines, and I, you know, I wanted to be Teddy Teddy Riley. Basically, that was my <laughs> my mentor, kind of inspirationally. Mm. Um, and then a, f- a few years later, I kind of decided all these loops and stuff. It's it's not even music. I just want to do music. So I sold all my equipment and all my records, and it was just the acoustic piano. And mm. Miles and Coltrane records, basically, and mm. so I made a, a full about turn from the the beats and stuff. Um, wow. yeah. And it was interesting because the you know jazz became everything I wanted. Like I wanted to live in New York and play with these living legends at the time, like Betty Carter and Art Blakey, and mm. you know, Bramford Marsalis's work was a huge inspiration and. Um, all these things. And it was interesting because I didn't know at the time the connection back to the hip-hop that I was listening to in high school. Right. Um, and so over those kind of formative years, late teens, early 20s, um, I ended up with kind of a very serious 
kind of jazz, fledgling jazz career in New Zealand. And at the same time, once a month, I do jam session gigs with DJs and rappers and all sorts of craziness. <laughs> and that en ended up becoming the primary focus. And I was like, wow, this is really fun. And the, the jazz thing is so serious. Let me have fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, over, over that time, you know, um, life led me to different places and um, eventually to the UK, to London in 1998. And I connected very quickly with a lot of amazing creatives there. And I got to collaborate with people whose records I would listen to and really loved and became a keyboard session player in that, in the, in the London underground mm -hmm. dance music mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. So over time that became, you know, from keyboard player that transitioned into production, doing remixes and producing artists and to my, touring my live show. And through the UK experience, actually that brought together these kind of seemingly disparate elements I'd grown up with, with mm -hmm. the jazz and the hip hop and the you know, new Jack swing and then jungle and drum and bass and house and all these different mm -hmm. things. And it, I kind of realized it was okay to, <clears throat> to put these, th to put these things together and how important it was for me to have my own artistic journey creatively where I, I I've always been lucky where I get to make the music I want to make and play. I've, mm -hmm. I've never, had to do otherwise and, and have turned down some pretty lucrative opportunities to do otherwise, but it just doesn't, mm -hmm. doesn't, doesn't resonate with me. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, from, from, I guess the late nineties on, I've been touring the world, um, doing my show, doing my, my show and playing occasionally with other artists, doing studio productions. And then 10 years ago, that led me to LA and I came to the States and started a whole new chapter Mm. Um, which funnily enough has very much drawn me back into the jazz scene, um, mm. which, you know, I'm still, it's still very much informed by all these different styles and communities I've worked with, but, um, kind of returning to my roots for my own music, playing the piano and incorporating mm. a lot of different elements. But, um, yeah, it's interesting how it's kind of come full circle. Wow. And then along that way, I've, I've run a few record labels and, um, been largely self-managed um and yeah just you know trying to make sense of this of this thing we call music <laughs> well, that's <Wow>. a lot yes <laughs> that's a lot <laughs> and it's so funny you know hearing you tell that journey like i can hear all of that in the different things i've heard from you it was like yeah okay that's where that came from okay that's where that came from so that's oh yeah that's <laughs> yeah, really wonderful well kenya do you want to jump in because i'm uh, i'm jumping I know. Jump. Okay. So, so yeah, Mark, this is our joke. We, we try to go back and forth so that we're fair, you know, so that not, <laughs> not one of us has more questions than the other, but I'm always very unfair and I take over. So no, I'm going to let you go first. Will you go first? Okay. Okay. Well, um, I heard you say and talk about, uh, self-management and I want you to elaborate on that uh, a little bit more. Um, I guess the, the process of that and how, how you, uh, handle that. Cause I know it's a busy schedule and, um, that's actually one of the things that burned me out because <laughs> I was doing mm -hmm. the same, same thing, just, just, uh, running a band and, and just writing the tunes and, and promoting just the whole thing. Um, what, what do you do to, uh, or what do you outsource and, uh, and how is that process? I guess. Um, that's a great question. 
I've been learning how to do that. Um, I think my issue with delegation is control. And I've often had times where I'll delegate responsibility and I end up having to chase up every aspect of that delegation. (laughs) So I might as well have done it myself. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Which, you know, I'm sure obviously we're all all, all familiar with that. Um, I do think... I'm, I'm realizing now how important it is to delegate and mm-hmm. pretty much anything that can be delegated should be delegated. Mm-hmm. Whether you can get to the emotional point where you can actually let yourself do that is another question. But right. on paper, it's like, you know, if, um, I don't know if, if say something really, really simple, you know, like retweeting appropriate Twitter mentions that seem appropriate to kind of my brand visibility. Mm-hmm. Now that only takes me a second, but that really that could be delegated because yeah. it's, it's a headspace thing. It's like if I'm, I mean, right now I'm preparing music for a a three day um, run of shows in LA, which is all going to be live recorded for the next record, and mm-hmm. I want to be just a hundred percent immersed in music. Right. But no, I'm like running around the social media thing, doing the promotion thing, and checking the budget and. And I still, for that, I have brought on a production manager for that project. Mm. But ultimately, it's my vision. So unless I've, unless I've said, you know, go and do this specific thing, then everything has to come through me, right. um, which, which I accept. But it also means that no matter how much I delegate, I still have my hand and head in the process. Right. right. Um, I find for myself... I mean, I, I really like the business side of music and I like management. If I, if for some reason I wasn't doing music anymore, I would probably be in management. Um, having said that, it's really, it's really challenging because, you know, just, I mean, just time management mm-hmm. is, a, is a really obvious thing. Yeah. And I think pre, pre-internet it was somewhat easier, but now we have this culture where, you know, the internet is always on. So if, I mean, I, I don't use push notifications or have an auto check on my email, but I know a lot of people do. And just the idea of like my email checking itself every five or 10 minutes, <laughs> I mean, that would just, it's like, shoot me now. And I think if you want to, in your creativity or, or in any work, if you want to have focused time, you can't do that. And right. I think it's important to make these separations where, I mean, I'm I'm not that diligent with this, but it's even to the point where if when I'm working in the studio, I just turn all the Wi-Fi off, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then that's even better. Mm-hmm. You know, I can really yeah. focus. Yeah. And then when, yeah. I'm, when I'm working on admin or whatever it might be, then I'm not in the studio kind of with music playing that I'm trying to work on or, you know, the worlds have to be separate to a point. Right. right. And I think that's, that's been a, a big lesson um, for me just to realize that, you know, we, I, I'm, I believe that multitasking is a complete fallacy and a myth. So, <laughs> so why try and do it? Yeah. I don't know if that directly assistant? answers your question, but those are my immediate yeah. thoughts on it. <laughs> well, well do, do you have a virtual assistant or any type of assistant? Well, yeah, I, I do, I do um, outsource things. And okay. um, recently, um, recently I've started using, um, a colleague based in the UK 
and she's kind of project managing and tour managing a little bit for me. Um, so I'm checking that out and, you know, I'm, I've, I've, I've had managers and I've had agents and I've had the good, the bad and the ugly. And I have a pretty good feel for what, um, I'm looking for. Also, I think through for any artist being self-managed, I think it's important to do that. So you know what the job is so right. that you can actually know what a manager should or shouldn't do or is or isn't doing when they come to you or an agent or whoever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I more and more now, whenever I can, I have a project, I'll look at the budget and I'll slice them off for a project manager. Um, right. Right. I, I have such a diverse kind of portfolio of things I do and different types of projects. And I've, that's created a challenge for me to find, you know, one person who understands everything. So I end up kind of cherry picking. It's like, okay, this project, I'm going to have this person manage that. This project, it has to be someone in LA. So it's going to be this person managing that. Yeah. Um, And so I'm quite comfortable in splitting that up until such time as someone shows me that they have the tenacity and diligence to really digest my entire you know, ecosystem and put it to work. <laughs> I, I love the way you put that, man, because that, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah, that is that is right on point. Go ahead, Kenny. I know you got your question. No, it is. <laughs> and it's it's so funny because when you said ecosystem, I, I say that all the time because I feel like I'm like, I got all these things going on. Mm-hmm. And but they're all, I know, connected and work kind of together. Um, I'm not quite sure what the outside world understands it as, but um, yeah. And it's, it's funny cause even through it all, I know just in being able to communicate to you um, for when we've worked together and even doing this podcast, you're on it. Like, so, I mean, I just want you to know that, you know, I know you're like, okay, I've got this and this and that and that. And, you know, clearly whatever that ecosystem is, it's a good, <laughs> there's some organization in that because you, you know, I know you're extremely responsive and, you know, that's awesome. So, you know, well, keep I'm, your I mean, ecosystem and, going. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but to, to what you just said too, I think, you know, I think preparation is 90%. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for example, I was on a, I was on a call yesterday um, with uh, someone overseas working on, a, on one of these projects. And she asked me, um, we needed a, a rough budget for something. And, you know, I, I knew we were going to talk about this thing, so I'd already done the budget. So while we're on the call, I'm sending her the Google Doc link. <laughs> right. And then, she, you know, she, she needs a one sheet for something. It's like, well, yeah, here it is. Here's the Google Doc link. Right. It's not like, oh, yeah, I'll do that and get it to you. It's like, you know, yeah. preparation is so important, especially now that we have this kind of ADD culture of yes. the, mm-hmm. you know, post music 2.0 internet world where people have, you know, three seconds of attention <laughs> um, right. and you better get them, you better get them immediately. And it's like, you know, everything has to have a deck or at least a one sheet. And, yeah. you know, the questions about, you know, basic things like there, there's some artists I'm trying to help book some California stuff right now. And I'm like, well, where's your bio? Like, where's your press <laughs> kit? Like, yes. it, at least give me an updated link for some music. Like, how, yes. how do you expect to compete in a very competitive environment if you don't have the tools ready? You know, I, I take for granted that someone has the skills ready if they're at a certain level. Mm-hmm. And I think if they don't, that'll become apparent. But there are a lot mm-hmm. of people with the complete creative skill set 
who have none of the tools and resources prepared. Right. I think that's that's really important. Ah, oh, yes, Lord, yes. I mean, you you is so you just you you nailed everything that this is why we started the podcast. Honestly, everything you just said is that you know that creativity and that talent. That's one thing, but mm. we started this podcast because we we're like there's so many other tools that you need to be prepared to actually do this. And so you just you just hit on a couple, I mean, a lot of, of what we, you know, talk about. One of the questions I wanted to, you know, ask you, and I'm, I'm curious, um, because I relate to everything you're saying and, and just having things ready so that, you know, when you approach people or when you're working and you're trying to figure out who you're going to work with, you're kind of anticipating the needs so that it's you yeah. know, there. Right. And, and that's mm-hmm. a really important um, skill, but do you, given, you know, the music business side of it, and you said you enjoy that, but obviously the creative and the talent is, you know, is, is strong as well. Do you find um, that it would be easier or do you try to focus like when you're in your creative space and you're working on a project, a, a, a music project that's like an album or so forth. Do you find yourself um, trying to just commit mostly to that and you kind of stop certain things in order to focus or do you, it doesn't matter at all times you're constantly kind of, you know, even if you're working on an album that requires a lot of attention, you're still doing you know, the same amount of time in terms of the business side? Or do you try to kind of narrow things up a bit? I mean, I would love to be able to just say, yo, I'm in studio this month and I'm not mm-hmm. dealing with anyone or anything. <laughs> that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, you know, just life doesn't allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, say with, with email, and I think everyone experiences this. It's like if you, if you go on vacation for a week and God forbid, don't check your email, you know you're going to come home to hundreds of emails. And, mm-hmm. you know, they might mostly be spam, but it's still just stuff you've got to go through. It's like when you go to the, the letterbox and it's full of circulars and, like, ads, mm-hmm. it's like you've mm-hmm. got to go through it right. in case there's a check in the middle, right? Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so I think that it always has to be maintained. But um, one thing I have been trying to work at, and, you know, I'm far from, perfect in any of this stuff but one thing i do like um and i forget who's what i was reading or listening to a podcast or something but the analogy was to you know start the day eating eating your frogs was there an it was a literal analogy and like who wants to eat a frog that's the last thing you want to do right so do it at the start of the day right and what they were saying was you know that that thing you're kind of avoiding and is when you look at what's important, it's, it's the most important thing. You got to do that first. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if I'm working on, if I'm working on, um, I'm preparing right now for this, this live recording. The most important thing with that really is the music. And mm-hmm. if I get up and spend the first, say four hours of my day, which is easy to do mm-hmm. checking email and falling down the internet rabbit hole, then that's the primary kind of focused energy of my new day is gone. Yes. And then at some point yes. I've got to try and drag myself away and extricate myself from the you know, very addictive digital world, even, even if it's just, you know, emails and stuff and mm-hmm. be like, okay, now I've got to go in the, in the lab and, and get creative. But my head has already been, you know, filled up and distracted and focused mm-hmm. on different things. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, you, you can make that transition, no question. And I think, you know, whether whether you whether people like to meditate or go for a walk or whatever it might be, there are ways to reset yourself. Mm-hmm. But I do think that you know, everyone is is doing multiple things. So whatever is the important thing is a good one to start your day with. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. No, I was just going to follow up to say, I asked that because I, you know, I coach artists, those artists that you're saying don't have their press kits and bios and all of that. I try to coach them, like get your bio together, get your press kit together and help them. And really trying to talk about what you just kind of said, as far as, you know, there's never going to be a time where you can just sing if you're doing this independently, like there is not going to happen. So we got to figure out a way to prioritize so that you absolutely can, yeah so that you can be um you know effective and and we mm-hmm. have to figure out then what is that thing what's the main point that we're trying to kind of get at, at right now and then you know try to kind of balance around that so yeah no yeah. i agree yeah and that's actually one of the exercises i give my, give my students is to take a week and uh and analyze your your day what do you do each day and, and each day of the week oh yeah and then <laughs> that's scary one, yeah yeah that's, and once that's scary <laughs> yeah it, it is um and, and, it, and it forces you to actually uh take stock of what are you spending totally. your time on and, yeah. and you're you're being real about what it is and and then you can actually make time projections on when you're going to complete certain tasks because you know yeah. what you're doing yeah so yeah, yeah that's that's totally on point um, I, you know, I, I, I think. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go on. I was no, just going to say quickly. I I, I feel yeah. like a lot of a lot of those big picture tasks, like you know, someone's making an album, and the idea of like, okay, now I'm going to make an album. If you're focused on the finished album, that's overwhelming. Yes. Right. It's like right. you know, you have nothing, and you're projecting. You're kind of future pitching this idea of an album, mm-hmm. and I think with a lot of these things. It's about breaking it down into the smallest bite-sized yes. task. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you're going to, you know, if, if someone's written a, a, a novel and it's 300 pages, well, at some point there were no words and they started with page one. And, mm-hmm. you know, they might just write one page a day, but after a year they have a novel, <laughs> you know. Right, so I, right. I think that's really, really important. And when, because it can, it can be so overwhelming when you think of like, I've got to do this, I've got to manage my stuff, I've got to mm-hmm. get some gigs, I've got to do the arrangements, I've got to book this, and mm-hmm. it's a lot. So, you know, chunking it down into little bite size is, I think, what helps me. Yeah. And, and uh, taking the uh, bite size chunks uh, to segue into uh, one mm-hmm. of the things that I saw that, that was on your site, you have, uh, a, a lot of um, s- stuff on sounds.com. You have uh, the oh yeah uh, samples and um, and chop chopped up beats and and things that for mm-hmm. people to 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 purchase or use. And I wanted to ask you about that because that's that's why I teach my students over at the university about creating their own sounds and creating their own mm. libraries. And mm-hmm. you are doing exactly that. And I wanted you to, I guess, talk a little bit about um, how did you get started with that, and then uh, what's your your process of creating those 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 little little pieces. Right. Um, I, I'd been I'd been curious about sample packs for a while, and I'd had people approach me, but actually, to be honest, when I was first approached, I didn't like the idea of hmm. giving away 
my sound, and I don't mean I don't mean specific、um, sounds like a patch on a keyboard. I mean the sound of me putting harmony and melody and rhythm together, which creates an identity which I feel like is me. I didn't want to give that away.、Um, that was my first reaction, and then over time, it, you know, that whole that whole industry just blew up like this. You know, splice and there's, there's so much of the stuff out there,、mm-hmm. and I came to realize that, you know, I have a certain way I like to approach musicality, but I know that two things. I know that my own source of creativity is literally abundant. You know, I can it goes on forever. It's no big deal. It's not going to run out. It's not a it's not a glass <laughs>、right. of water. It's like a it's a It's、Oof. a torrent of of spring water from the center of the earth, which is never going to stop, kind of thing. Right, right.、Um, and then, secondly, like I can give you something I've played, and no matter what you do with it, like if you don't if you don't chop and flip it, if you just loop it up, it's still never going to be you. Right. And and I understand that now. And I have no. I used to have this kind of insecurity around. No, they, but then they'll have my sound. But.、Mm-hmm. I don't have that anymore. And also, furthermore, if if someone who's if if there's a kid who's just, who's like getting into trap and wants to chop up some of my stuff, and that helps them make their music, then I'm all about that. It's like I can't.、Hmm. You know, ultimately, this music is not mine anyway. I'm just I'm a, I'm a conduit to to express sound through these kind of ways, and it's it's kind of like、um, you know it's open source. It's it's,、awesome. it's everyone's property. Yeah.、Um, And then more on the on the business side, as you're asking, it's like sounds came about because、um, the sounds is is run by na- native instruments. Native instruments, right? And native, you know, I have a long-standing relationship with them,、um, which came about through the way I like I use technology in my live shows.、Um, I used to be centered around the MPC, the Akai MPC,、mm-hmm. and so native instruments when they made the machine, which is similar. They were chasing me to use that, and eventually I totally switched to it, and have done a, a lot of work for them over the years. So when they were launching sounds, they asked me if I'd like to, you know, be a contributor for the launch and create some sample packs.、Mm. And I just, more than anything, it was just fortuitous timing. You know, I had a window of time open. I like to support what Native Instruments are doing, and、yeah. I felt like what they were doing with sounds was going to be interesting. So I felt like I had nothing to lose. And I just created these packs, which predominantly are about—they're kind of about sample culture. And that when you're listening to a when you're listening to a really dope record and you hear a moment of music, oftentimes, you know, if you want to sample that, you might be like, "Man, I just wish there was no bass or drums playing right now, so I could get that <laughs> sick Rhodes bit by itself and then mess with that and write my song."、Right. But obviously, you can't you can't do that. So that's kind of how I approach creating my sample packs. It's like I want to give these little nugget nugget moments、mm-hmm. where it's like people are like, yeah, that's that bit. That's that's like that vibe that I want. You know, now I can now I can make that kind of that that Diller inspired beat that I wanted to make or whatever it might、right. be. So it's cr- giving people creative building blocks to help help jumpstart them and help inspire them and just help them create.、Um, Yeah, wonderful. And then、That's、you know,、awesome. as a as a business model, I'm the 
I'm a, I'm a little bit jury out over the how much about, about the real bottom line value of it. Mm-hmm. But I think over time and as part of a bigger picture, it's valuable. You know, I think that we in the music industry we have to pull from so many different revenue streams, right. and um, this is just one of those revenue streams. And it's you know, it's like if you're you know, would you rather have you know, a million half pennies or nothing at all? <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. A million yeah. and a half versus zero. There we go. Now that's a good way. Yeah. Well, while we're talking about your create, I mean, cause I, I definitely, before we, um, you know, conclude and I, I want to talk just briefly how you, uh, your creative process just a bit, because I know that this particular podcast is going to be really, really, really helpful for those, you know, producers out there who are trying to, like you just said, come up kind of with their own sound and how to approach um, what they're doing. I know that I got really acquainted with your music through um, you doing remixes and a lot of collaborate collaborative work. And I'm just curious when, when you hear a song, um, for instance, I know, you know, I sent you songs and, it, and it was crazy how quickly you turned that back in. I, I, I just I was always, always tell that story. Like, yeah, I sent Mark something and two minutes later he had a whole song, you know, done for me, a whole <laughs> remix. And it's just like crazy. And so how, just kind of for those people who are, for those producers listening and they're trying to get in that kind of remix world, just what, how, what is your, your process really quickly when you hear something and how you kind of go about doing a remix um, or doing something special to it when you're doing collaborations. Sure. I mean, firstly, it's not rocket science. Like if, if you ask me to um, actually forget rockets, let's make it simpler. If you ask me to take apart a car motor and put it back together again, I couldn't do that. You know, I do not have the skill set for that. Right. And to me, that's rocket science. So I think that whatever someone does, and you know, we're talking about producers right now, you got to have the skill set. And music, well, I, well I, I think, I think it's a little bit misleading right now because there's so much technology which yeah. aids and abets the criminal. And you know, I love technology. I mean, anyone who's checked out how I do what I do, you know, technology yeah. is a big part of what I do. Um, I just think it has to be the, the tool and not the master. Yes. And so no matter what you're doing, whether you're a session musician or a, or a, or a vocalist or a producer, you can't do those things without the skill set, firstly. So mm-hmm. for me, that means having a, a, a foundation and a rooted understanding of music, which mm-hmm. is harmony, melody, and rhythm. Mm-hmm. So... When I hear a melody, so if we're talking about a remix, for example, there's a, there's a vocal. And the vocal, if we momentarily kind of disregard the, I guess, if we dis- disregard the lyrics and the artist, then we're left with a, just a, a melody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, melody ha- has a relationship to harmony and rhythm. And I just, I hear things a certain way because of the foundation I have and the experiences I've had. Mm. However... If you took away that knowledge from me, then it would be trial and error. You know, I'd just be, mm-hmm. I'd be sitting at the keyboard or the sampler just trying to make all these square pegs fit into round holes, mm-hmm. which is never going to happen. Mm-hmm. However, 
with the knowledge, I actually know how to put a square peg in a round hole mm. and make it work. Um, but right. that knowledge is everything. And I think that is underrated now because of the way technology is. Right. Um, and also because a lot of the music, the contemporary music culture, which we're kind of led to believe is, is the popular music, but it's only popular because certain powers that be force it down people's throats right. en masse, which is a whole yeah. other conversation. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but because of that, there's an element where a younger up-and-coming creative might be led to think, oh, it's okay, everything sounds the same and there's only two notes to learn, so that's cool, that's all I need to know. But, you know, Pharrell, Pharrell can make a two-note beat. He can also employ some really sick-ass harmony and melody and write a top line and write some drums. And, you know, it's, it goes back to you know, even someone like Thelonious Monk, like a jazz piano player back in the day, who sounded so, so, so wrong sometimes mm-hmm. in his own rightness. Mm-hmm. And people would be like, yo, but he can't even play. But man, he could play. He'd just right. choose to employ less of his mechanics to get his idea out. He didn't have to show all his skills all the time, but he had all the skills in order to create his own sound. Yeah. So I think that all of that comes down to, you know, we mentioned preparation before. This is also preparation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're, you're not going to do a marathon having not trained for it. Right, <laughs> exactly. and, right. And and we're kind of talking about, that's what we're talking about, right? It's like, you're not going to ask your friend who lives down the road, who you like to hang out with and have coffee, you're not going to ask them to remix a joint for your next album because they're your friend, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Although people do. Work like that. Although people do. And that's why I yeah. wanted you to talk about, yeah. 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 So so that's that's more the holistic approach. And then, I mean, literally, when it comes to that process... I just I like to when it comes to remixing specifically, I'll have the vocal up on Logic or Ableton, and I'll just listen to it and I'll start creating with to it. And mm. it's not again, it's not rocket science. It's not like you know you're not asking me for you know a, the the next Stravinsky piece. Right. You know you want right. you know you want you want something fun, accessible, a little different. Um, that resonates and makes makes you sound good. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing with a remix. You've got to make the artist sound good. Even in, yeah. forget remixing production. You know, a lot of artists will come to a producer, and the producer will be like, "Yo, this is my sound. Take it or leave it." Yeah. But the producer's job is to make the artist sound yes. good. Right. Thank you. Yes. I keep trying to tell singers this, like this song shouldn't be about the producer. You know, this, you need to be working with a producer who has you first in mind and they're just trying to bring out the best in you and, you know, the best sound that to support what you do so well. And that's when, you know, that's when a song is beautifully produced because it's allowed the artist to really kind of rise up, you know, and, um, Yes, yes, yes. And that, that's, that's not always easy because in in the creative arts, there is a lot of ego. And I mean, yeah. I don't mean that in a negative way, but mm-hmm. for me to have, you know, the audacity to say to the world, this is my music, you should listen to it. You know, there's right. an ego sensibility about yes. that. Yes, yes. And so, you know, if, you know, Kenya, if you, if, if you come to me and you're like, 
oh, yeah, I love what you do. I want you to produce this record. Mm -hmm. Then if I wasn't checking myself, that's easy to take like, oh, man, she loves me. I'm, 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 every, I'm awesome. I am God's gift. And I am going to just do, do my shit on this. You know? Right, <laughs> like, right, that's, right. And, and, and I, I will do my shit on this, but I will do it in, in rev reverence and respect to what you're doing. Like, and, and mm. you know, what I would deliver in a remix for you is different to what I would deliver for someone else. Right. Exactly. And that's just because at the end of the day, I have to, my job is to kind of tap into, you know, what is it, where's this artist coming from and what do they want and mm -hmm. what, what will serve their voice in the best way. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm going to let Will do the final kind of question, but I have to say this, you know, that's exactly how I felt. You know, I, the last song we did together, my heart, I know. And I think we've, I don't remember in what context we talked about this, but, um, you know, the first version <laughs> that Mark sent me, I was like, oh, I don't know if I like it. And so I was a little nervous. I'm like, this is Mark to Clive Lowe. I can't tell him I don't like it. You know, I'm freaking out a little bit, but I'm like, but I, but this is ultimately <laughs> my song. And so, you yeah. know, I got to live with it. So I need to, I got to give mm -hmm. some feedback. And, you know, you were so gracious, so super gracious. Like, I got you. I hear what you, you know, you know, what you're, what the direction you're wanting it to go. And, you know, that's when I said, you know, your brilliance kind of came out because it was such a quick turnaround and you, you really listened to what I was kind of saying. I felt like it needed more. And, you know, that's to me when you really, it's a, that's a really cool pro producer relationship to have when they can not say, oh, well, but I think it's great, you know, so just live with it. And it's like, but this is my <laughs> song, you know, like, it's like when they hear it, it says Kenya, you know, like I got I know it says, you know, remixed or whatever by Mark DeClive Lowe, but, you know, ultimately it, it says Kenya. So I just really appreciate you. And, you know, you, you killed it. I love, I, I literally can listen to that song and forget it's me. Like, you know, I, and I'll have oh, to put it in the show. notes. really, I, I just, and we, you know, whenever um, people have heard it, they're just like, wow, like what? And I'm like, I know, I can't believe, yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> but I still feel like it's me, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not like, oh, yeah. this is Mark's, you know, this is Mark's yeah. baby. So. And, you, you know, the, the, and there's, there's elements, I think for someone who's familiar with my music, there's, there's elements in that remix where they could be, they may be like, oh, that's, I think, that, I think that's Mark. Yeah. But then, right. if, and then if I do my own record, which might be completely different, there may be, you know, elements which are which are interrelated, but at the, at the end of the day, if the producer is making their own record and bringing in vocalists, mm -hmm. then the inverse is right. true. You know, the, exactly. the vocalist's job right. is to serve the producer, right. and the producer may have the weirdest ideas, but it's their yeah. record. It's, it's like, whose record, record is this? Right. So you got to right. go with that. It's, it's Absolutely. very important. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, we're we're running on on the time. So what I'm we're, what I'm going to ask the question is, uh, what, if there's anything that you're working on that you would like to let folks know about, and, uh, and, and any other things that you would like to share about what what you're doing or 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 what you're th thinking about or what what you're involved in. Wait, how long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> you got one minute, Mark. One minute to tell all that. <laughs> Well, I'm, I mean, right now I'm working on the next record, which is going to be predominantly recorded live with my band, and then I'll do some studio post-production post as well. It's kind of more of a jazz crossover electronic thing. Mm -hmm. 
I have a speaking of remixes, I have a remixes vinyl compilation coming out next month, which nice. um, has King and um, Jill Scott and a whole lot of others on there too. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. And then I'm, yeah, I just I continue to tour and 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 work the world. So you know, I hope to to meet people out there and. In the summer, I'm, summers I'm usually in Europe on tour. This is unusual that I'm not, but I will be. Mm-hmm. For listeners in those areas, I will be in Chicago um, in July and Toronto with the great UK artist Omar in August. Mm, nice. Um, so yeah, there's there's things going on, and there's always something different. So people can check me out online. I'm I'm very easy to find and pretty accessible to communicate with unless you're really weird um, <laughs> but hey no i'll take that back because we're all really weird so yeah <laughs> uh, yeah can you give us your social media just so what, what absolutely how people can yeah find you? um the the easiest way is through the website which is mdcl.tv but um otherwise instagram is my full name mark mark de clive low and twitter is mdcl um, but yeah, if you throw my name, even misspell it into Google, it'll spit out <laughs> all those po- possible permutations of, of how to uh, find me. Right. Right. Awesome. And where the hyphen, where the hyphen exists. I always, yeah, like, oh, don't, shoot, where's the hyphen? don't worry about that. Google, Google will do that for you too. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So yeah, audience, please follow, follow. If you don't know about Mark, you, you need to, you need to wake up a little bit, wake up just a little bit and <laughs> follow what he's doing. Some really amazing, amazing work. And I've, I've, you know, I've been honored obviously to work with you, but also I have been a fan. I've been able to watch your shows. And so, yes, if he is, you know, I'm in Chicago, so I need to be there. I try very hard to see you when you're out here. And, um, you know, obviously any other location, you want to see him live because it's a whole experience. He is, I, I mean, it's just, it's not like, oh, we're going to sit and just hear a song. That You are not going to get that. It's it's a whole creativity. <laughs> you know, it's a whole creation. Like, you kind of become a part of his creative process, um, you know, while he's doing his music. So, check him out so we appreciate you thank you again yes, for do. being thank a part you. of this yeah thank yeah. you both so much for having me all right yeah. great well we will see you all next week next time thanks bye thank you for listening and we hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode please leave us a comment on our page If you would like to contact us about a specific topic, you can email us at info at creatingcrimson.com or drwsmith at makingmoneyinthemusicbizbiz.com. If you would like to schedule a consultation session with Creating Crimson, you can fill out the contact form at the bottom of the website at creatingcrimson.com. If you would like registration services for your music project, you can visit makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com and go to the registration services page. Please fill out the contact form and we will get back with you promptly. If you are interested in advertising on our podcast, please send us an email at drwsmith at makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com. <laughs>